Sluice and I'm founder of Always in Your Corner and Discover Your Wild and host of this podcast, Shine, Love and Light On. And I'm excited to welcome you to series two and the first episode being um, on a topic that's very dear to me and one that we so rarely talk about and that's losing a loved one. It's a beautiful discussion, um, very open and honest about my own experience, but I've got a beautiful guest, Lucinda Pyman, sharing her first-hand experience of death and grief in her life. I really believe it'll make a difference to your life. Hello and welcome to Shine, Love and Light On, Losing a Loved One. And I've got the beautiful Lucinda Pyman here with me in her healing space in Mornington. And it's a first for me to do a face-to-face interview in this. Um, where do we look? Where do we look? We look in sort of at the camera and the people are watching. Um, this is a, a, a series on topics that are taboo and unspoken and somewhat shamed and losing a loved one and death and what that means to people is such a tricky topic and such a sensitive and... Um, difficult topic to talk about and I have been really wanting to do it for my own experiences with my own father passing three years ago today Mm -hmm. and had put out a kind of into the universe who will come forward and my beautiful friend Kath Elliott suggested that Lucy might be interested in speaking with me. Lucy, maybe you could share a little bit about your experience of losing a loved one and I think coming from you, it's much better. Okay, thank you. I don't know if I should look at you or at the oh, camera let's or have a go. Whatever, you can look at me. We can look. Hello. <laughs> um, I have had quite a lot of loss in my life. Um, the significant ones were was my mum when I was ten. She died of a brain hemorrhage, but. Um, loss at age 10 is so mm-hmm. much different. It is so different to loss as an adult. Um, and then at age 21, I lost a really close friend in a car accident, um, which was quite shocking. I was actually away with Catherine mm-hmm. um, and we were in Nepal when we found out, actually, by phone. And I actually remember she... Um, yeah, she held me all night as I cried. Oh, here I go already. We're going to cry. Yeah, <laughs> we've already been We're crying. Um, yeah, she, yeah, she held me all night in a, in a um, dodgy hotel room in Nepal. <laughs> or Bangkok, maybe it was. Um, and then I lost my daughter to stillbirth at um, 37 weeks, 11 years ago. Um, so that was, yeah, that, that was the one that I most remember and the one that had, I wouldn't say the most impact, I think losing mum, that was huge, but I don't really understand, I I can't really remember anything apart from not having mum because I was so young. So whereas this, it feels like, I know, especially at the time, everything felt like, um, before Sunny died and after Sunny died. It's like a wedge in my life of where everything just totally changed. So, um, yeah, they're the, the three big ones. I've lost grandparents, which was um, heartbreaking as well, but I've lost all of my grandparents now. But, yeah. Yeah, and I guess in some ways, and this, this is going to be our experience, so this isn't about everyone having the same experiences as us but I guess we felt that if we can talk about it it might invite people to talk about it with their own family members or friends or know what might be appropriate or available to celebrate that loved one and opportunities to discover what that experience is like or how you can support it there's just so much there but I wonder um, when we were talking earlier, for me, there's some peace knowing my father was elderly mm-hmm. and he's had a beautiful life. And I suspect, and for you, losing Sunny, was, that was the start of her life. So there's that real kind of 
shock and disappointment and devastation that that life didn't have that yeah that opportunity is that sort of even fun for you yeah i i was actually reflecting on this earlier yeah see that it's a loss of hope or a loss of the dream so it, it's so it feels so strange to mourn something that never was mm. um but yeah so it's it's mourning that possibility and i think the same with my mum she died at an age where i i didn't really have a chance to get to know her mm. so um yeah i i, I think I've reflected on people who have lost children when they're older or lost partners, um, you know, that, that they have loved for a long time and think, I don't know how I'd go with that. That That is so different. But each one is so unique. And I, I remember after um, Sunny died, I, I joined a SIDS group down here. I, I think I only went to them for about six months. But... We went away on a weekend and all had to relive the um, the traumatic event of, of losing our children. And it was really full on. And um, everyone's story was so heartbreaking. And afterwards, we all had empathy for, for the other person's um, situation or what had happened to the other person because some had, you know, it wasn't just SIDS related. There were, it was just... Um, children who had died so some had been stillborn some had been sick some had been 12 mm -hmm. so um the empathy that we all had for everyone else thinking oh my god i don't know how i would go through that so it was quite a fascinating look at did it feel healing did it how people grieve um yeah it did well it was it it got i think all of us out of our own bubble of grief and knowing that other people were going through it and 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 there were so many varying ways that people would deal with it and you know, different situations and so it in that sense it was good it was a, and it was a relief to talk about it because so many people we were saying this before they don't they they get scared of the conversation or they don't know how to handle it or it triggers something in them so they'll either shut it down or avoid the conversation or they're uncomfortable. So we had a room full of people who were just willing yeah. to listen and um, let it all out. That's so amazing. And I guess that's the thing we've reflected on and wanted to, I wanted to bring is like, how do we, how do we talk about this? How do we start to shine the love, the love and light on death and, and losing a loved one? Cause I mean, there's death that you have on the television and you can be a little bit removed from and then when it's right in your heart, it yes. has a whole new... Yeah. Um, and when it's shocking versus... Yeah. Perhaps you, you had some time to get used to the idea that this was an eventual, um, you know, it was that person was going to pass. There's, there's all these different ways and there's no right and wrong way of grieving and... I don't know, yeah. So what, from your experience, how do you feel we can perhaps start to talk a bit more about it as a community and friends and family? I um I know from my experience, and I we were sharing this before, um there there were people that I loved and was very close to who um for for their own reasons didn't contact me or um uh, yeah didn't make an effort in the in the days and months or weeks and months after that Sunny had died and I remember being really hurt by that because I um yeah I felt like the, the biggest thing had happened in my life and that, that there was a love between us as friends but and I couldn't understand why they hadn't reached out and, you know, there was a lot of when I bump into people or there was a lack of eye contact or not even um, bringing up the event that had happened, the death of, mm -hmm. of my child. So people are, can be very uncomfortable and not know what to say. And I, I have said to a couple of them, it just would have been nice to acknowledge that you don't know what to say. And then there's this feeling that if you 
if you bring it up, it might um, it might bring it up for you again. Mm. But the problem is, it's with you at anyway. every moment of every single day. So it's with you no matter what. The fact that they're not bringing it up is a problem. It's so yeah. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that's something for us to remember: is this person will live with that, so you're not. Yeah, you're not bringing. You're not up. bringing up the wound or anything. The wound yes. is already there. The hurt's there. The the loss and the sadness is there. It's the acknowledgement. However, that person can do it. I mean, we all know this. There's no rule book and there's no way of doing it. But like you said, just I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's better than not saying anything at yes. all. Yes. And I do, I, I do want to add too that I've found in my own behaviour during grief, it, it's, a, it's quite selfish because there's no room to be thinking about other people. It's just survival. It's like running a, a marathon. It, it just consumes every moment of every day and your physical body's in shock and your adrenals are, you know, pumping and... and um, there's like a brain fog and you don't see clearly or think clearly. So it's very difficult to have relationships or to see other people's needs or, and it's, you know, and now I know there are people grieving at the same time. So it was quite difficult for me to accept that other people were hurting when I was hurting so much. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess there needs to be, yeah, more of an understanding of, yeah, that people are, well, not all people, but certainly me and, and from what I've observed as well, when people are in that much pain, it's very difficult to ask for help or ask for what you need or, or say things inappropriately because they're so in so much pain. So um, it's almost like you've got a cup of so much energy and you're all consumed in that. You don't have any ability to give yeah. to anyone else, yeah. or understand what their needs might be, or even relate to. Um, I'm probably going to jump because I had a lot of two fetuses, I guess, yeah. you know, and miscarriage, and that was another topic. I think that for that we were talking about that loss of hope. There's yeah. the baby wasn't even you know past a, a first trimester or anything, but you have that hope and. What I do remember is then noticing other people and they were able to have a pregnancy and sometimes they didn't even want that pregnancy. And you were there. So there's a lot of comparison about yes. how can they have that? And I can imagine in your grief, like their grief's not like my grief. And you, you're really struggling with a whole range of emotions, aren't yes. you, at the one time? And you can sometimes just only deal with one. Yes, <laughs> and not really get beyond. Um, I don't know. I haven't really articulated that very well, but I think it's just this I idea that at that time all you can think about is yourself, and all you can yeah. think about is what's going on for you. And there's a lot of disappointment around what's going on, and it's not necessarily a personal thing. That's just what you yes. are experiencing. Yeah, that's true. I I, I know. I was quite. I can't remember how long after Sonny died, but my dad had told me that he would often come to tears. Yeah, we came prepared. Yeah, dad told me that he had been down to see Sonny's grave quite often. Uh, in the early days and I was really shocked and I, I I think I said why and he said and he said something that well she's my granddaughter so oh God. <laughs> surprises me how it gets instilled so that was actually that was a good moment for me to come outside of myself and go oh my god there are other people hurting here Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I was able to address um, a rift that had, had come between my sister and I too because she had had a, um, a baby eight weeks after Sunny had died and she had got postnatal depression. She, um, so I hadn't really taken into consideration how um, sad she was that 
um, it was her first child and my child and her child weren't going to have a relationship and, and she had lost, well, she'd lost me, she'd lost a niece, she'd lost, yeah, that whole hope and dream of a future, fam you know, sharing yeah. our families. So, yeah, it was, it was that comment from dad that actually, yeah, sort of pulled me outside of me and saw that other people had been hurt by the situation as well. So it's a, like this a ripple of that. Of loss, um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that because that's actually something I was reflecting on too. So it's three years that my dad passed away, and how we've all dealt with that differently. And even just a day, it's like, well, my daughter feels really sad today, um, and I, a bit similar to you, hadn't kind of appreciated how much he was a part of her life. She yes. said that was the saddest day of her life. Yeah, it's all get emotional. But that's interesting because I think, oh, well, he was my dad and she was young. <laughs> she was eight at the time, so maybe she wouldn't have understood or, or had that ability to have that lifetime of loss where, you know, when you're younger, that he was such a formative person in her life it's a big loss yeah in a small lifetime so yeah we all yeah need to deal with it differently and yeah and acknowledge that everyone's hurting and yeah to not get stuck in but my loss is more than yours my, yeah and that's it i think this is if we talk about it we it's okay to to share loss with someone and to to realize that we were talking to about how you can choose to acknowledge that person in that experience of sharing about it and it feels like wow I could do that or that's other people are doing those sorts of things ceremonial things or like you said your dad visited a grave that was yeah. for him his way of connecting and remembering and acknowledging who she was in his life yeah yeah, yeah, who she was meant to be, or yeah. yeah. So, what are some of the things that you've noticed, and in you've dealt with three significant losses in how you coped, and and how I don't know, just I think it'd be an interesting story for us to hear. Like, what is it that the journey took you on? Um, experiencing those losses, I know as a child, um, I never really dealt with the loss of my mum. I know I, I went to some counsellors in my teenage years, but I never really addressed the actual loss. But And I remember saying to myself as a 10-year-old, I'm never going to be happy again. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I had this mindset that nothing was ever going to be right in my world. And I, I carried a deep sadness for a long time. And then, you know, as this the years go by when you suffer other losses of, you know, boyfriends or jobs or whatever, it sort of, it, it builds the, the, the um, feeling of loss and grief. So by the time I was 21 and had lost Marcus, I, I was, I, yeah, it felt like it was inevitable that loss was always around me. And okay. I, um, yeah, I, there, was all, there was such a, a feeling of sadness. And it was, yeah, it was then when I was, I went seeking, um, you know, mediums or clairvoyants or people that could, you know, if I could maybe contact them and find out where they were. I, I knew they were somewhere, but I just didn't know where they were. Um, and, and I did, I got in, in contact with them. So it gave me a sense of peace that they were there, but um, I... And always carried that belief right in, up until today, but carried that belief that they were somewhere and certain people could access them. And, um, yeah, it, that gave me a peace, but I, um, it, I still carried a deep sadness. I still couldn't um, reconcile the losses. And um, is it a bit whiny? The unfairness and yeah, the self I have to experience. Yes. It's not fair. This is some of the. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of self pity and yeah, why me? And I know, I remember during my pregnancy with Sunny um, that I 
was convinced that something was not right. I had a knowing. I had a feeling that she was going to be disabled. It, it never crossed my mind that she would die. But so I, I just had this deep feeling that something was amiss. Um, and I remember talking to someone afterwards saying that they had um, mothers of stillbirth. A lot of them had had not a premonition, but a, a, sense. a sense that something, yeah, this, this impending sense of doom or so. Wow. That's pretty profound. Yes. Yeah. yeah, although I didn't quite think that she would die, but I did know that something was not right. Um, so, yeah, it was really, yeah, after Sonny had died that that propelled me to, to go searching and, and find out what, um, well, if I could communicate to her and communicate to my friend Marcus and communicate to mum. So that started me on this journey of, of where I am today of um, becoming a medium and being able to communicate with the spirit world, um, which I've done and, and I have since spoken to them. I think, as I've said to you before, that's no longer the driver for me being a medium. It's, mm -hmm. just, it's just accessing the spirit world and, and helping people. But that's like an added bonus. And I, do, I love that when I can do that for people who come and want to speak mm -hmm. to their loved ones. To, to bring them through and give them a, a sense of comfort that their spirit is still living on somewhere and that they haven't forgotten the people down here that still mourn them. That, that Can I talk different. a bit about this? Because I think that's part of the reason death is something we don't, because our culture doesn't really know how to deal with it. I think there's certain, certain um, cultures that celebrate death and there's much more. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it just seems to be a bit more understood or revered almost or like it's a part of a life cycle and I feel in some ways we don't have the language because it's maybe been caught up in religion or there's certain belief systems and I know as a child I was raised sort of agnostic or atheist or, you know, there wasn't a kind of heaven to go to and so there's a bit of fear as a child, like, well, what happens to me? Where do I go? Like, yeah. is that just I go to sleep and I don't, I don't know. It kind of <laughs> gives you a sense of panic, like, yes. what the hell happened? What is this? And when you don't have anything, I think as a child, you know, going to sleep can be scary. It's like, what if I never wake up? And, yeah. and I wondered then for you, what was your experience as a child, did you have a religious kind of framework or Not was death something that you had an understanding of? So then when you, because for me too, like clairvoyant was a bit like, well, it's a bit woo-woo. I'm not sure if they're just yeah. making it up, you yeah. know. So it's kind of how do I, how do I, and I think knowing dad being in the later part of his life did send me on a bit of a path to understand what is available, what is life and death and and exploration and, and I guess yeah I'm really curious for you what you've gone on that path where did it start like what was it that you had as a foundation it, it was the death of my mother but because before that yeah we we weren't religious um I went to a non-denominational school so there was no religious teaching in fact there was yeah no spiritual teaching at all my dad doesn't believe in anything beyond um, I think my mum went to church when she was younger or oh, she went to a Methodist college in Adelaide. So, but yeah, it, it didn't feature at all. I just, I just had a knowing that there was something. I, I didn't know what it was. And I, I went out and researched it. I, yeah. I went to libraries and, and watched videos and, um, I was quite, well, quite lucky. There was a group of us at school and a lot of us still see each other. Our group was always quite open to the esoteric. In star signs or tarots, everyone was quite happy to have a little dabble in it. Um, Did anyone ever do it? See, I have, I have recollections now of people doing seances. And I remember being, well, there's something there, but I'm not sure. It felt scary as yeah. opposed to kind of hopeful and exciting to learn about. I agree. Yes, I've had people, I remember people doing seances in my house when I was asleep and I was <laughs> so 
angry because it did invite in some crazy times <laughs> to his, um, yeah, spirits. That's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I was never into sales. I, I too got the feeling of something's it's not, not quite it's right. It's a bit dark or something. Yeah, yeah. there and um, yeah, not the and that it's without going into it too much, mm -hmm. but that's inviting in spirits that are not in this. They're more like ghosts. They're not in the spirit world where um, the energy oh, is more pure yeah. and more light. They, these entities are stuck here and haven't gone up there yet. Okay. So there is a darkness to them. Mm. Um, still, you know, it's fun, but yeah, I don't want to borrow that. No, <laughs> I don't want to borrow it. Yeah, you want to be dealing with the pure entities from the spirit world. Um, I've lost track now. Where were we up to? Sorry about this. Uh, we were talking about where you oh, get your yeah. mum. So yeah, where, where did it all yeah, start? Was she, I, because um, I think that's part, I think when you first experience a loss of someone, there's, where do they go? What's yeah. happened? Like, do I, are they here? Do I feel them? Am I dreaming? It? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. What I think it? it was, it was the, the loss of mum that made me question, yeah, where is she? What, and I had experiences as I was growing up of, um, seeing things or feeling things or, you know, being in meditation and, and having just a knowing that she was there or mm. that my grandfather had popped in or so, uh, and just weird situations of, um, you know, lights going on and off and going to, to visit my friend Marcus um, at his grave and, in three song, our favourite songs in a row coming on on the radio and just, you know, things like that that gave me a comfort and an excitement and a wonder, oh, there is something, there's something. There, it's almost not, like there's they haven't something gone. beautiful available yeah, that yes. I'm missing. I mean, that's sort of what I get a sense. It's like, okay, it's not all doom and gloom. This is not just the end of this relationship with this yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I knew, yeah, I knew that. that and that's what sent me looking. And I, I did, I, I, you know, I went to not a lot, but yeah, clairvoyance and tarot readers. And it wasn't until I, I found Ian on the peninsula after Sonny had died that he, yeah, he brought through um, my mum and Marcus and Sonny and I've had long conversations with them and, um, yeah, I, I found more of a peace as I've gone on and more of an understanding that they're happy and I've got a job to do down here and I'll keep going and I'll see them again at some point when I pass over to. So, uh, yeah, I feel there's an acceptance with that. So what would you sort of say to people who haven't had this kind of awareness of a spiritual world and, you know, it, for them, grief is fine, a death is final, and yeah. I don't subscribe to any other kind of thing. Is there an invitation or information that you would share with them, or how do you sort of? Um, yeah, it, it's if you have a belief that death is final and that's all there is, I, I find that that's sad and that it would be difficult for people to reconcile or come to a peace uh, with the death of a loved one. Um, yeah, that I think that is sad. Um, you can always take a leap of faith and go and see a, a medium and, and get that proof that there is an existence. Um, there are people out there that claim that they can do it and can't do it and so, you know, of course, you have to go to a reputable water. Yeah. yeah, like so. Um, yes, I, I find um, having a belief in the spirit world gives you, um, you know, a faith and an understanding that there's a higher power. There, there is order to the chaos of life. There is something out there um, overseeing all of this. So that's a comfort. So. Yeah, I, um, so it's almost an invitation to try it and see if it 
fits for you. Yes. Like you're in a what position. Yeah, exactly. You're in a position of loss of someone who's really close to you if this might give you an avenue to connect or yeah. bring some closure to something yes. that maybe you didn't left unsaid or I mean, is that what you will find? People will come to see you. Maybe we'll switch on to you as now a medium. What is the experience for you with people who have experienced loss? I've had, yeah, I've had people come just to speak to um, loved ones and then, but that they will get more out of the reading than just that because often it's just bringing them through. They don't hang around for a full hour. They'll just hang around for a little bit just to let their, their loved one know that, um, that they're okay um, because they've got work and jobs that they're doing up in the spirit world. So um, so a, a person yeah, would come and, and hopefully get some relief or some idea um, about their own life and that there's more more to their life beyond the grief that they mm -hmm. feel that there's hope that there's a reason for living there's um, much more for them to do um yeah so that that's why yeah most people not most people but a lot of people have come to me yeah to speak to their loved ones but but mostly it's more about getting I, uh, not ideas, but getting some information about what track they should be on or what they should be doing in their life to so move the next forward. phase of their life. Yes. yes. So it's almost opened up some access to something they wouldn't have had. Yes, exactly. I just wanted to say, I know you said something before about um, that we don't talk about. There's a, there's a lot of that we don't talk about around um, death. And I know from being a nurse and I've worked in aged care, there's, there is a lot of fear of this and it, it, um, we've lost this sense of being with the person right till the end. It, like it's highly medicated and... Get it um, over with. Yeah, and they, they don't want it, it, it... You know, death, death can be noisy and messy and um, yeah, there's a real opportunity for people to be with their loved one and, and to... Um, you know, hold their hand through the fear of passing over and um, that a lot of that is taken away in facilities and in hospitals. And um, so I feel, yeah, that we don't, in this Western culture, we don't do it very well. And, and there's a lot to be said for, for dying at home, surrounded by loved ones, having an opportunity to talk and, and tell. Make some choices. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to make choices, but also to have conversations about um, about their life and their the highs and the lows, and and get out some of that anger that you needed to say, and and the and the love that you want to express, and rather than um, yeah taking it around, putting it in a clinical setting. I, I know, um, and you know, we fear looking at dead people, we fear touching mm. them, or I. I just I wanted to say about um, when I lost my child the, that we had a um, um, I can't put the word preacher but what are they it's like a wasn't a priest but it was a, it was a social worker and she came in and she asked um, us if we wanted to bathe Sunny and to dress her and and perform these rituals with her and I didn't want to do it at mm -hmm. all. Um, but they insisted. Okay. So it was a way, um, and I know, you know, that this was a practice um, a long time mm -hmm. ago that you, you would have your loved one at home and you would bathe them and it's a chance dress to say them. and dress them and, yeah, have them in the home and people can come and say goodbye. And I reflect on doing that with my daughter so often and I'm so grateful that they made me do that. <laughs> So they they obviously know that that's yeah. it's part of the healing, and um, so what kind of yeah opportunities are we missing in our yes. culture? Yes, well, it's interesting you say that too because today um, my daughter Mella said I didn't get to say goodbye to him, and I suddenly went to oh my goodness, so he died at home, so we were very grateful for that, but she didn't get an opportunity to see him. And I was kind of inquiring with her today, like, was that you didn't get to see him? She's like, oh, no, but 
he'd come home, he'd been in hospital and he'd come home. She didn't get to see him at home yeah. being himself, I think, yes. is what she was referring to. But it, it sort of raises that point too, like maybe we don't give people the opportunity to see their loved ones before they sort of leave their physical body, Yeah. Um, even though they have. And I was one of those people that was like, I don't want to see a grandparent when I lost a grandparent. An open coffin was yeah not, not my thing yeah but I know when dad died I was with him yeah he wasn't long afterwards um he passed away and I got the opportunity to be with his body and I'm very grateful mm. so I can I wouldn't have thought like if someone had said hey this is your opportunity do you want it yes or no it kind of just happened yeah but I think yeah you're right there's an invitation for us as a culture to explore that and maybe have conversations with our family members like yeah. if this happens I want you to have that opportunity or would you like that opportunity yeah yeah choice around choice. yeah I mean it brings up a, a conversation around wills I don't think people because we fear death have those conversations about do you want your organs donated or how would you like your life to be celebrated or where would you like your body you know, do you want it to be cremated or buried? Or yeah. like these are all things that often no one even talks about. Or it changes too, like year to year. Yes. You might have been your kid thought, oh, I think that'd be great. I'll do this. You know. Yeah. No. I, know I talked about it. Maybe because Dad was older, we did have conversations, and I, I was like, I'd like to be scattered over this beach, and like, no, as an adult, I might have a different view. Yeah. So these are things that. Yeah. If only we did talk about it. Yes. I've tried to talk about it a few times with my father. He doesn't want to talk about it. Not ready to talk about it just yet. Yeah. But, yeah, it is important conversation too because, as like we were saying before, and you would know this, when you're in grief, it's very difficult to make decisions. So it would be good if you had some direction or yeah. you knew what your loved one wanted. Because you, you start to wonder what do they want. But, I mean, part of it is knowing someone. There will be times when you don't know enough and, and it does bring up old parts of their past and who yeah it's it's a complicated situation but I guess if we talked about it more if we know what other people do yes um you don't necessarily have to be kind of put into a system I think the western system even like you were suggesting the medical system of dealing with death like maybe people don't realize they have choices you can say yeah no, no. we want to finish that care you yeah. can say no to yes, the can. drugs. You can choose to go, we want some palliative yeah. home help or whatever. Or a hot, yeah, a hospice where it is um, a bit more hands-on. And... Yeah, and you've got some choices and you don't have to feel yeah, Bob restricted. Did. Yeah, and, and that's the same with a funeral or your options. You don't have to have it at a funeral parlour or yeah. you don't have to have it at a church. There are options available. Yeah. If we know that and we talked about it more, um, maybe it would help with that healing and the grieving as well. I've got I've actually got a great friend who um, I went to a talk and she talked about that, all the options after death. Mm. She's um she does funerals. So I'm a conversation with her. Maybe. <laughs> it's definitely um, I mean, it it opens up we don't know, I know because dad died at home you know you have like what, what do you do suddenly you've got this person at home and yeah. um and different experiences we don't know how to navigate and it's not necessarily something you want to study and learn about but I guess if we were aware that these this is a journey we're going to take it's yeah. inevitable so let's not kind of shove it under the carpet and pretend it doesn't happen and yeah. if we can have some understanding and share about it maybe it'll make it easier for the next person to ask you how yeah. did you deal with that what what would your learning from it be yeah so yeah I think we talked about this where sometimes the people who've been through some grief mm. show up at the time when you're grieving and you're yeah. very grateful you've been through it yeah yeah there, I did notice that people who had been through their own trauma or had lost people um, they knew that it was okay to to bring up your own loss, or they were more um, available to 
sit with you while you're in the depths of despair and they weren't afraid of, um, yeah, in, you know, the incredible emotion that you're going through. Um, whereas some, I think some people that hadn't dealt with that yet just weren't sure where they stood with it or it, it triggered something in them that they didn't want to have to look at. So that's why people would stay away. Um, you know, and I think if it happened to me now, I would have more understanding of people's behaviour. So I probably wouldn't hurt me as much. Um, who knows? Who knows what I would do though? Exactly. I mean, you just never know. And each death is so different. Each reaction depends where you're at in life, how much uh, work you've done on yourself to deal with your own, um, you know, resources and, you know, tools. I, I hope that I would have more tools in my tool belt this time to deal with loss, but yeah. What about people that perhaps don't deal with it? So there's people who yeah. experience a loss. Um, I don't know, you know, this is our reflection, obviously we're not experts, but, yeah. you know, almost you're like, I don't think they've kind of acknowledged it. Like, And you can, yeah, you can. I'm a bit worried it. because they're kind of getting on with life and they haven't. Yeah, big yeah, is that okay? Or um, it will it will always mm. come and bite you if mm. if you don't deal with um with a, a deep tragedy, it's going to build and build and build. Mm. Um, I know, and I always well, no, I have for a long time said that it's not time doesn't actually heal the wound. It's what you do in the time. Because you can just be going on day by day, ignoring it, um, and then um, you know one day there's a, a big car crash, not not literally, but yeah. something else will happen and everything will um, just fall apart and unravel. So you've got to deal with it at some point in your life. Can't hide from it, and and if you're avoiding the emotions in your life, you um, you know, that, that might end up in depression or anger or um, sort of bitterness, some sort of body yeah. pain or, yeah, some sort of um, dis-ease. It's, um, it's going to come and get you at some point. And you can, uh, you can tell when people have, um, you know, suffered a great loss and not really dealt with it because um, there's, a, there's just a, a sadness sorry, yeah, and a disconnect and a... Um, and a hardness to them, whereas people that have reached an acceptance of um, a great loss, um, there's a softness and a, and a lovingness and a want to help people mm. or a, a compassion within them. You know, they're, they're the people that, you yeah, know, that, that yeah. show up when um, other people need help. So, yeah, it's at some point it has to be dealt with. So the invitation is? If you're not dealing with something to notice that and, and perhaps uh, realise that <laughs> boxing it away isn't actually yeah, going to help, help you. anyone. Yeah, it's not going to help you. And even the people around you, like I guess that's what we're talking about too, you feel very much it's your own experience that there are other people who are grieving. Yeah. And so they might actually want to chat want to chat and heal with you yes. like it doesn't have to be a solitary kind of experience yeah um i think that's what's beautiful about a funeral and and all those sorts of ceremonies we don't have yes. um is allowing people the opportunity to to remember that person and talk about them and celebrate what they brought into their life i said that i had a client um i used to do massage in an aged care facility and she had a very close relationship with her granddaughter, um, but not really other people in her family. And she said that when she died, that she wasn't going to have a funeral. And I said, but why? She said, oh, I don't need it. And, you know, um, I, you know, I know where I'm going. I'm, I'm happy with that. And I said, but what about your granddaughter? She might want an opportunity to say farewell to you. And she had never thought of that. Mm. So... I ended up getting her onto this lady I just suggested oh. before to, so she had some options about what she could do. Yeah. So her daughter, her granddaughter had the opportunity. I remember a friend's um, father wasn't well and he chose to have almost like a party before death. 
Like he oh, he chose the funeral yeah. beforehand. He's like, I don't want to not be at my funeral. So I'm going to have a celebration of my life and invite who I want to be there. Oh, so wow. that's quite empowering. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, if that's the path I'm on, I think I might do something like that. Yeah. If I, you know, lead, I always have choice, but he did yeah. and he can choose. And did I mean, he enjoy it? I, I wasn't attending, but I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, is that's confronting. And I think there's something around this conversation is you sometimes just need to bring, go head on into it. It's fearful. There's, I mean, Lois and I are like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> Where's this going to take us? And I think it doesn't really matter where it takes you. It's the fact that you're heading towards a conversation that's difficult and in doing that, opening up something for someone yeah. might be for us yeah <laughs> who knows um yeah. and yeah the gifts are in those little moments the the pain actually provides something beyond it there's yes. something beyond that pain that you can go through and yeah. you feel and it might be that you celebrate that person in a way you never would have before um, yeah there it's um get some peace with them that you didn't have in their lifetime um there's there's kind of endless opportunities i guess in that. yeah in the grieving and everyone at some point is going to go through a loss and then subsequently grief so yeah as we said before it's so everyone does it so differently and everyone reacts so differently um but maybe if we knew more about grief and what sort of phases it goes through is that something you'd be interested in sharing like what you noticed with some of the kind of different maybe emotions you had you didn't realize were going to come up through grieving i know um the shock was the first thing i remember um and i think it's like this grief bubble that I was in. I couldn't see anything around me. It was like I was muffled in a bubble of grief and I felt like everyone could see me but I couldn't see them. So everything like was... Like a vulnerability almost or...? Um, yeah, I think, I, I think it was literal physical shock that my body went into. So everything was heightened but, but um, muted at the same time. It's mm. strange. Um, and I, I feel like I was in that for months. And as I said, you know, your body is fighting and your adrenals are pumping and, and your, um, yeah, there's just a, a real body is just racked with, devastation so it was it was really I was surprised and on when I reflect on that I'm surprised by how the shock physically and emotionally affected me and then then there's the um you know this feeling of apathy that everything looks banal oh, and beige and yeah what's the point and you know I had a two two and a half year old so oh my god I was exhausted having to deal with him and even though that was a reason to get up and, and live my life it was um and it was quite a good distraction to get me back into life um I just remember being um yeah I couldn't really be focused on him and his needs as well so I can't imagine what um he would have gone through at, mm. at that age I was there, but I was also not there. So, um, and then I know I did drink a lot of red wine, which just never helps anything because it's just avoiding and prolonging dealing with the devastation and the despair. So I feel like that probably prevented a lot of the healing in the early days because I just wanted to avoid it with, with wine. Um, yeah, did you have, I mean, you talked about some people didn't want to be, you know, in conversation or talk to you and you had some support from a SIBS group. Was there, like, yeah. were you encouraged to speak to psychologists or yes. grief counsellors or? Um, yes, I was by the hospital and I, my 
close friend and doula, Lael, um, was all over that. And um, I wanted to see, I didn't want to see a counsellor through the hospital, but someone that, that Lael and I had mm. talked about going to see. Um, and I, I remember my girlfriend's, this time of my life is quite, I, I don't have a full memory of it, but I do know that my the mothers group and friends that I had down on the peninsula had organised to take all of the stuff out of the nursery and cleaned my house and left food in there. And then my school friends and even people that I didn't or hadn't seen for years were involved in organising food dropped off for me as well. So um, the support from my friends was absolutely incredible and I, I remember feeling let down by my family because that support wasn't really there but my sister had just had a baby herself and my dad um, had this eye problem that had happened and so there wasn't and I didn't really hear from my brother so uh, I felt really let down by them but also I now see they were in their own yeah. yes so um and their own grief their own grief but the hospital was actually quite good and then i got put onto um the sids group which was quite helpful but i felt like that was just keeping me a bit stuck in it so um and then i started doing circles so i had a support i started a spiritual development circle which led me on to becoming mm. um a medium so i had that support so i guess um you know, in hearing your experience, there's opportunity for us to kind of find the right support for us. Yeah. And absolutely. it may or may not work for you. Yes. Like you tried the SIDS group and you got what you needed at a point, but then yeah. realised I needed something else. And I needed upliftment. Yeah. And it equally can be over time. Like it could be a few years down the track that you realise there's something you need to keep exploring with someone other professional or yes there's a lot of people who have skills and insights that can really support us in understanding yes this experience that you've been through profound experience through um through the um through my spiritual development group my teacher um is a homeopath and uh, um, uh, she does counseling as well spiritual counseling so it was really that, and I did that quite intensely um, and, and helped with um, being a single mother as well because I became single after three months after Sunny died. So I was dealing with divorce oh, and grief as well um, and learning to be independent. And um, yeah, so it was really, it was the homeopathy you know that that brought up the up and out the emotions and then the the counseling that actually got me back on track because i and i said to you before i was at rock bottom i didn't know how i was going to actually um turn my life back around i i felt like i had no resources no um no skills no no desire no joy no yeah no want to to be here like what what do i have to give to the world so it was oh, thank god i found pearl and um yeah that counseling was what got me out up and out amazing mm. thank you for sharing no, no, <laughs> it's okay. not, a, not an easy um place but i guess an invitation too for all of us to know what people might be going through at different times in yeah. grief and and we, often we need help yeah and it's not just a week or two after someone yeah. loses the love loses the loved one it's a, a really prolonged kind of yeah process i found also i i one thing i've learned from this too is that it's three months and six months it's not immediately because everyone's there immediately and then everyone um, goes off and life starts happening and that's when you're stuck with the anniversaries and the lead-ups and the first Christmas, Christmas and, and the yeah. first Easter and yeah the first birthday yeah it's you know we were saying before it's those lead-ups to the events where it gets really sad and you 
yeah, wonder what where they what they're doing or what would you be doing yeah. with now? You just have this kind of I'm not even sure what it is. Just yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is why it's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, I like to have something to celebrate or I don't know. It's honoring what you need to do. Maybe that's what I'm sharing is for me. I knew a year on the year anniversary, I just didn't want to be in Melbourne. I didn't want to be anywhere around triggers or I needed to be somewhere warm where I like warmth and I needed to be out back, um, off grid. So to honour what you know you need is really important too. Yeah. And maybe share that with people and yes, maybe you'll get some blank stares or... <laughs> But there'll be those people that do get it and really I think that's the other thing that you've expressed and I've found too. Some people are incredible. They just, it's the time for you guys to really connect, I guess, and yeah. take your relationship to a new level when you've had that shared experience. Yes. Yeah. Is there some little, like, last-minute kind of shine love and light on this topic that you wanted to share we haven't had a chance to talk about? or? Um. I want to shine love and light on, I guess. The fact that, you know, both you and I shared something before we started filming that we had never shared mm. with other people. So I guess if someone is grieving or asking them about their loved one or about the experience and so providing an opportunity for someone to actually express or to let something out to be interested mm. in that story is um it, it's a really beautiful thing to share but um and it keeps the memory alive um i guess that that yeah that's important to know for us too when we you know go forward in our friendships mm. that was a really beautiful thing that we exchanged and yeah, I yeah. I want to yeah I would like to do that for people in the future and and have people yeah want to hear my story too mm. so it's about I guess people it's okay to be interested it's okay to ask yeah it's okay um and like you said that person's living it so they, it's not like you're opening a wound or anything like that. The yeah. wound is there. Yes. So, um, and then you might learn something as well. You yeah. learn something about yeah. each other and how we're choosing to acknowledge different milestones in our loved ones. Yeah. And I loved what you, can you share what yeah, you do? Sure. <laughs> so my dad loves sailing and when he passed, we wanted to celebrate his life and, um, we went about to all go sailing so um, and the family's connected with the Yarra River so we and my daughter being eight wanted to do something I don't know where the inspiration came from but she wanted to make origami boats so we all made for the week leading up to the party which we called a farewell lots of little origami boats but now it's become almost a little annual tradition we write messages to dad on the boats and let them sail oh, I just love that. yeah and the kids do it and it's beautiful yeah. they write can <laughs> 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 you share yours <laughs> I, what you do um every year we my dad jack my son and um nick sonny's father will go to Sonny's grave at Sorrento um, Cemetery and usually Nick has um, pruned it or planted something. It's always quite nice to see what he's done and he's decorated um, the grave beautifully. And then we'll go out for coffee um, afterwards. So, and I, I never go there at all during the year. It's always just on the actual day. Um, and yeah, no matter, as I said to you before, you know, um, Jack's father and I are um, not talking or, um, you it's know, truce. <laughs> yeah, it's always a truce on that day. And, um, yeah, it's a day that we spend as a family. She's giving you, yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. She's sweet blind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's um. I don't know. We we know what's right and we do what's right, but it's those yeah. little moments I think are really important. And yeah. Encourage people to share them. There's yeah. There, despite you know how devastating loss is, as you said, there is some really beautiful opportunities for growth new relationships, understanding about yourself. Um, it's certainly got me onto this path where I am very happy and love what I do. Um, and my relationships with people are uh, deeper and richer and I have more compassion for people. So all of this has happened. Um, it's born out of something that, of devastation, but it's, um, it's built... It's Something beautiful, beautiful as a result. Beautiful moments in, in yeah. losing someone. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. Yes, that bit of sweet. Yeah. Maybe just to end, is if someone's interested in speaking with their loved one and you've got that ability to do it through being a medium, maybe how can they connect with you and do that? Um, I am operating in Caulfield on... Tuesdays and Thursdays and um, I work in Mornington out of this room actually so um, people can contact me we put mm. a link or yeah I'll put some links and... yeah so um, I've got a website in spirit in change and um, yeah people can give me a call and now yeah, make a booking Explore come and investigate it, yeah. something that calls to you yeah yeah and I invite you to do it just if um a curiosity there or if there's um some grief that you're dealing with it might be yeah it can give you some answers yeah yeah or <laughs> try and give you some answers yeah yeah maybe quickly explain what it is that you do for someone who hasn't had that experience with the spirit world for the, the sort of, sure. yeah, um, understanding. So a mediumship reading is, uh, so someone will come in and will sit like this, probably not so close, <laughs> but um, I'm bringing information from uh, the spirit world. It, in, so my guide is uh, speaking through me and my guide's chatting to my client's guide and they have a, this bird's eye view of what um, my client is meant to be doing with their life, what they're, um, what they need to do to make changes, and um, uh, really, as I yeah, said, this bird's eye view. So I am able to access information coming from a more pure place than here, and it's not coming from my mind; it, it's coming from a pure energy. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm able to give you directions. I, I'm able to through my guide. Um, yeah, give people directions about their life and what's going on and if they want to speak to a loved one as well. So they can ask a question. Any question, yeah. yeah. Any question you like, yeah. I don't use any um, tools or it's yeah, just literally me bringing in the guide. How fascinating yes. is that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to try it. <laughs> um, I'm so grateful that you were open and willing and so generous in your sharing of your story it's obviously incredibly unique but also there's tragedy and a loss of a baby oh, i can't even imagine mm. i can't imagine it um and you know building on those other losses in your life i can completely understand how yeah it got to a point of just, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with this. Um, yeah. But also how amazing that you've come through that experience yeah. through growth. This yeah. incredible growth and, I, and I, gifts that you are now sharing with people, including in this time. And we didn't you. even do medium. <laughs> yes. That I'm aware of. <laughs> no, we didn't. I'm, um, yeah, I, I'm grateful for, yeah, for it too. And I found a meaning in life. Mm -hmm. And I hope that for any of you listening who 
experienced grief and all those emotions that Luce has touched on at different points in your life, you can see how you sharing your experience can open up something for someone else as well. Yeah. It's not just, oh, I've done that, I've dealt with it. By you being able to talk about it can really offer someone else a gift. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Penny. <laughs> thank you for listening. Yeah, if you. you obviously want to connect with Louise, please do that. And um, I'd encourage you to. If you got something, please share it with anyone in your life who might be experiencing the loss of a loved one or have in their past. And obviously, I think this is a topic we all need to just talk about. Yeah. So I'd love it to be bit more front and centre in our life conversations. And, yeah, if you want to rate and review it and share it, beautiful. Thank <laughs> thanks. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we meet on and pay respects to their elders past, present and future.